Welcome to Episode 7 of Parenting 2.0, The Focused Mindset. Today I'm having a conversation with the co-owner of the Net Friending Movement, April Roga. The way you see your child, if you see your child as being a handful or a problem, you're going to treat them that way. And they're just going to keep doing what they're doing because that's how you see them. That's how they, they figured they're supposed to act because... You're treating them that way. You've been upgraded to Parenting 2.0. New expectations requires a new mindset. The focused mindset. I'm Cher Kretz. I'm a school counselor and a family mindset coach. Raising kids is an amazing journey and things don't always turn out as planned. Still, you get to share your life with an adult in training. This podcast will help you meet every new challenge with confidence and be the best version of yourself in your home and with the people you love. Today, I have an amazing guest I've been looking forward to interviewing, April Roga. She has a business with her husband, Roy Montero. They are the founders of netfriending.com. Netfriending.com is something that I came about through networking um, in a very random way, but I'm so excited to introduce it to you guys. April, thank you so much for being here. It's great to be here. I've been looking forward to this too, even in the midst of my crazy, hectic eight to five that I'm still at. Yes. Well, I am fortunate enough to be able to have my summers off and that just happened. So I, I feel a little free, even though I was working out of home before that. So I'm not, haven't moved locations, but <laughs> I don't have as many responsibilities. So that's really nice. You and I both are parents and also working and motivated to do business. And that's kind of one of the things that originally brought us together. But then I found out that you have a son that's autistic and you have a passion for reaching out to other parents that go through similar things as you and helping them have friendship and helping them have a place where they can talk. How did you begin to get this passion? Like, where did it come from? How did you decide this is something that you wanted to do? Well, I think it all started when my son got his autism diagnosis. Do you ever just have that moment where you feel like there's somebody in your life that you're supposed to find? Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just crazy. (laughs) I literally have it on my Facebook memories. It was 2015, the month of April. I posted on my Facebook, do you ever have that feeling that there's somebody out there that you're supposed to meet for a cause for something you're passionate about and you just don't know where to find them? Oh my goodness. Yes. Wow. I had this, just this thing in my gut going, there's somebody you're supposed to meet. And so fast forward to 2016, I stumbled upon a live streaming platform called blab.im. And it was actually, I found it through my soap opera star that I adore, who was on Twitter. And he's like, hey, uh, everybody, I'm going to be on this thing, this show. I don't even remember what he called it. And I stumbled in there and got to ask him a question and he answered it. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Because this was before live streaming was a thing. Yeah. And they had all these different rooms with different topics. I was actually thinking about using that platform to advocate for my son and autism and find other parents who were in the same boat as me. And instead, I found a husband. Bonus. (laughs) You'll take it. I'll take it. It was... It just, it was nice meeting people. That was my outlet for, because at the time my son was four. Oh, okay. So I didn't really, other than work, I didn't have any adult conversation. And I didn't feel comfortable leaving my son with anybody because he's nonverbal. So this was like the perfect thing for me to meet people. And that platform actually died. And... Then I just moved on to, because Facebook Live started happening, and I started learning all the tools and all these third-party softwares and got really into it. It was like a little passion project of mine. And because of Roy, 
Roy Montero, my husband, mm -hmm. um, because of him, it, it just, my autism advocacy efforts turned into something way greater because prior to when I met him, I was looking to actually start a nonprofit locally for oh, really. Yeah. So you already had that passion in your heart. You already had that burning where I need to do something for this cause. Something. Okay. Something, but I didn't know what that something was and I didn't really know how to put it together other than I have a huge heart. I'm a giver. I'm a doer, but I could, I just couldn't, put it all together. And I just believe that God had a bigger plan for me to reach more people than just locally. Absolutely. So um, you've been on both sides uh, in a place where you weren't really going out and you needed to be with your son. And I can imagine that during that time, it was very lonely and isolating. And that leads me to wonder, like, in your opinion now, what you've come through and what you're beginning to have now share with share with me the importance of parents not parenting in isolation by themselves and why it's so important for them to reach out and connect with others so you can be in a sea of many people i think now we have the internet so many of us are, are just there's not a shortage of people but you can still be among a lot of people and feel very lonely and isolated and I see that on the internet every day. For me, I always did feel like I couldn't find my people. I was just doing the superficial, hi, how are you doing? How's the weather? What kind of work do you do? It was just surface level stuff. And I've always been a deep thinker. I've always wanted to be challenged. I don't think the status quo enjoys that a whole lot. Um, you're going to find more of the people who follow and go with what everybody else is doing than the people who are willing to lead and take action. Well, it's interesting because from a counseling perspective, I've been counseling in schools for 15 years. Time and time again, parents will talk to me and before you know it, they're unloading. And I ask, I stop and I say, wait a minute, I want to know who else is in your network. Who else is, who else can you confide in and talk to? And I can tell without them even answering by the look on their face, if they really do have anybody they can talk to. I understand exactly where you're coming from, where you're saying, wow, people can put on a front. They can put on a certain mm -hmm. face and not allow them. So when they talk to a counselor, then they're like, this is what's actually been happening. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, and I'm like, well, I won't be here with you every day. So how can you bring people in? And that is really hard to do. And I found that through watching you, because after we got acquainted, I kind of watched you, you have a completely different approach in working with people. And that's why the parents that are listening to this podcast now are in the future. Um, I'm going to highly encourage them to look you up and, and talk to you because they're not going to be talked at, they're going to be talked with. And to me, that's huge for you to be able to have that. Is that something you do on purpose or you said you're a deep thinker or why is it that that's, it, that type of communication is so important to you that you kind of like hit that deeper level rather than just the surface level? So many things share. So many things. <laughs> <laughs> a big part of it is, is previously not being able to find my people inside because I was mainly hanging out on Facebook back in the day and there were, you know, when your child's first diagnosed with autism or any special needs, you're, you either go to a Google search, which I did, <laughs> or you go looking for other people who've already been on that journey. And so I dove deep into the world of Facebook groups and Facebook pages and all things autism. Okay. And I found mostly people who wanted to complain. Okay. Interesting. And I still see nothing's changed all of these years later, five years later, still complaining. And I say complaining because it's one thing to vent because we all need an outlet. But when you do it more than once, and especially when there's other people offering you a perspective or even advice and you go, yeah, but I've done that. And yeah, and I've tried that. And yeah. And, and you just make excuses, now you're just complaining when you bring it up over and over again. Yeah, and what, why do you think that is? Parents get into that place where they're just complaining. I've been that person, so okay. I, I do have that perspective. Um, 
And I still dig into that because I feel like we never stop learning and growing. And if you think you have, then don't, don't come near me because I'm always learning and growing. And I, I've had like my mom, when she was alive, she would tell me what to do with my son and how to do it and how many times a day I should do it. And uh, I remember there, there was a time when my son wasn't going to bed and it was like midnight on a school night. And my mother's like, why are you letting him stay up that late? And I'm like, you don't understand. They like, he won't go to sleep. His brain won't shut off. He won't go to sleep. He won't go to sleep. <laughs> Air quotes. He yeah. won't. And the, the truth was that, that his pediatrician told me that it was totally safe to put him on melatonin and that that would help. And then my mother said, well, why don't you do it? But she's mom. Right. <laughs> And I think it's just the natural instinct as a daughter to just defy your mom just because I want to be right and mom's wrong. She doesn't get it. But when somebody else says it to you who's not close to you, and maybe they use a little different phrasing, you just hear it differently. Sometimes you just need a different person to tell you the same thing. Yes, yes. And, and you're willing to be that person basically more or less, right? Yes. Just touching people where they're at is what you're trying to do. You know, just trying to help them where they're at. You're not trying to give them advice. You're not going, to, you're not trying to be expert them out. You know, just I'm the expert and I'm telling you everything you need to know, but you're more trying to say, this is where I'm at. And, and where can I meet you in your journey? You know, can you give us an example of any time that you've done that with someone and they've responded well, oh, well, recently I did do, so I, I'm part of a, a membership group of autism moms. There's like 3000 people in there. Um, I don't know why this person's particular post jumped out at me. Maybe I was feeling some sort of way that night, but um, the person ended their post with a question. Uh, does the grief ever go away? Am I always going to feel this way? And I'm thinking, so if somebody tells you, yes, the grief goes away, then what? then one. And so I immediately thought, okay, I, I got to answer her, but I can't do it in text because I know how text is received and she's going to hear it a certain way. And well, with her own filter, she'll read it with whatever her filter is. So, right. Or as my husband and I say there, she's going to use her own brain to figure out what I mean <laughs> instead of asking me. Right. It's just fun to say it that way. But, um, so I, instead of just messaging her on Facebook through direct message, um, I wrote back to her on her post and I said, is it okay if I send you an audio to respond? Because it probably won't be received correctly in text. And she said, yes. And then I ended up talking to my husband and he was like, no, no, do a video. It's more impactful. I'm like, oh, it's always a production. So I made this video that was supposed to be like 10 minutes. And the more I got all amped up about it. It became a 30 minute video and I sent it to her. And then I went back to the post and said, well, I was going to send you an audio, but now it's a video. And then other people saw me say that. And they were like, can I have that video? I'd like to see the video. And I'm That's like, wow, maybe I'm onto something. That's really and neat. Basically all that was, was me reading her post in the video and just taking it sentence by sentence and breaking it down from through my lens, from my perspective, and just reflecting her own words back to her with questions. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that way? Is that true? Can you look at it another way instead of looking at it as a negative, look at it as a positive and plant your flag here or there. And um, she ended up responding back with a one minute audio. But the thing about it is that when you respond that way, just really helping people understand what they actually said, that doesn't happen very often, does it? You know, usually people are going to be either, oh, poor, hun poor honey, what you're going through or, or some other type of response that doesn't really uh, challenge them to think. So, so there are people who, who will post for just to, I think a lot of people just post what they do to get things out because they just are reaching out to know that there's somebody out there who gets them, who gets their journey and they just want somebody to say, oh, I get it. I understand. Me too. The end of it all, I go, okay, so 
now that you said all of that and you got the emojis and the views and the comments <laughs> and the me too and the I'm so sorry you're going through that and the I'm going to pray for you. Now what? Are you, yes. Do you feel better? Are you unstuck? Mm -hmm. Or are we going to see the same post tomorrow? Right, right. What are you going to walk away with that is going to make a difference? And with just simply people uh, giving a little pat on the back virtually, um, they're not necessarily growing. They're not stretching themselves. And I find that in person and virtually, I am talking to a lot of parents right now that are dealing with guilt. And I know that that's something you've spoke of to different people of how to deal with guilt. It doesn't only happen with parents that might feel guilty about how they're dealing with their kid that might have special needs. Today, it happens because parents are dealing with the fact that they tried to homeschool their kids and their kids didn't get all their work done. And how are they going to do when they come up in the fall? And I didn't do good enough. And I didn't this or that. If someone was to come to you and ask, how would you help someone move out of that space so they can grow as a human? You want my filtered answer or my unfiltered answer? You can give both. Uh, I just see guilt as being, uh, dare I say, it's a useless emotion because how does that help you to, whether it's perceived to be real or if it's false guilt, false guilt, you just have to, got to work through that because if a person says that it's real, I would then ask them, so now what, what next? How does holding on to that guilt help you? And how long do you want to hold on to it before you're going to feel better? Like, give, how, how long do you need yeah. to hold on to that? What, what is you, that guilt doing for you? Like, even thinking about that alone changes the mind. And you're thinking, wait a minute, mm -hmm. what does that do for me? Is that kind of the reason for a question like that is? Yes. Anytime I have the opportunity to answer somebody with a question, I'm all in on it because I've learned with my husband doing that with me when I am so like, I am convicted. I'm, I'm, I planted my flag. I'm like, I, I feel this way about this thing. And he goes, is that true? And I'm like, Oh, yes. <laughs> well, now I got to think. Now I've got to actually think about this. Yeah. Because so many people nowadays, especially with social media and, and people posting things of a political nature and there's, people on this side and that side, it's so easy to get fired up about something, just seeing one thing cross your eyeballs. Mm -hmm. But because it's, it's a static image on the internet, because there's nobody on the other side of it there to immediately come back with a question, it's just so easy for us to feel some sort of way and move on and be angry or guilty or whatever thing we're, we're going through in that moment. But when somebody interrupts your pattern of thought with a question, and now you have to be accountable to answer that and learn something about yourself, there's a lot of people who don't want to do that. I think that there's a huge danger in people owning their guilt. What do you think about that? The, the whole owning guilt and how parents can begin to make that a part of them rather than letting go of it. I just, it'd be so much better if I like had that person as an example in front of me or that post, you know, because things just stand out at me hearing well, how a person speaks from their perspective. I have an idea. Why don't we roll? Oh, play? I'll be is... that parent. Right. Oh, and, and we'll see how this goes. Are you down? Okay. <laughs> All right. I've just failed. I've, I've failed my kids. Son is going into fourth grade and he hardly even knows the standards. I've read them all and it's my fault. And I, I just feel like giving up. Is that true that you failed your son? Well, it must be because I don't think he can read well enough. And so it must be. What are you going to do with that guilt now that you, you've owned it? How's that help you? It, it makes me feel awful. And do you like feeling awful? No, I hate it. That, that's why I'm so sad all the time. I feel bad that I did something wrong. Do you think that other people have the power to make you sad? I don't really believe that. See, but that and that even that role playing. But see, that's that's the way the question does because if anyone 
was in my shoes, even role-playing that, I was forced to look at something different. Yeah, you know, I was forced to look at it different. And that's the power of your questions. And you're just willing to be confronting in that, you know, even though I surprised you with that role play. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's improv. It's yeah, improv. improv. But it's true. I mean, even just for pretend, I had to feel that feeling of, of putting it back on me. And yeah. I wonder if parents can begin doing that process for themselves, you know, that they can start asking themselves those questions of, is this emotion helping me? Is this or, or they could become part of our movement and net friend with other people who are on a different path than them, who may have a similar journey, but they're they're somewhere like way down the path, and you can help each other because I I don't know that I would know what questions to ask myself. I think we need other people who have that different perspective. True. Yes. It's liberating to reach out to other people and say, you know what, I'm going to do something different. And that's where the mindset shift comes in because doing something different can be very scary for most mm -hmm. parents, but it doesn't have to be as hard as we make it. We can reach out. And so let's talk about, let's, let's move our, our talk to mindset. What is your philosophy on, on people's mindset and how it affects them? I believe that the majority of people will look outside of themselves for answers to things. They will look to other people. They will look at other people's situations and seek out a quick fix. Um, I came, came up with this thing that there's, there's a lot of people who want drive through answers to gourmet questions. They just, they have these really intricate questions, but they want the quick answer like yes or no, or should I, shouldn't I? And it's, it sounds like they're seeking advice, but they don't know to seek perspective. And um, I think people look to other people to tell them what to do because it's just easier. They don't have to think about it. They don't have to take ownership if something goes wrong. And I would challenge anybody out there listening to look first within yourself instead of looking to blame everything going on around you, um, especially when it comes to parents who are divorced mm -hmm. and the child is with two different parents at different times during the week. And sometimes marriages don't end well. And... It's often the woman who will accuse the dad. I'm sure somebody's going to like want to, I don't know, blank me for that. But <laughs> it, it is usually the women who will bad talk, the bad mouth the, the dad. And I see a lot of that on the internet. As soon as the slightest little thing is out of place in a situation, they want to just blame it on dad. And I have been guilty of that myself, and that's why I can say I know that that exists. But when you look at the environment that you're creating for your child and what they're picking up in your home, if you're mad at their dad all the time and you have that energy around your child, your child is going to start reflecting that back to you. Absolutely. But you may be that mom who says, oh, my child's acting out. Which medicine should I put him on? <laughs> You're like, where do I get started with that? <laughs> it's, it's, it's the, the, the idea of wanting to band-aid something versus getting to the root of the problem. And there's so many people looking for the band-aid fix. I say, start with yourself. What are you putting out in terms of your vibe and your energy around your child with, with any child, but especially when you have a, a child on the autism spectrum they're so sensitive to energy. You could just look at my son cross-eyed and he'll just start boohooing. True story. And so you have to shift your mindset to say, okay, I'm going to stop by default blaming other people for my child's issues, whether it's the teacher, the dad, the therapist. And I'm going to start with me because I'm the person that my child's around the most. And trial and error, right? You, st you say, okay, I'm going to fix and adjust here 
and I'm going to look at myself as not being the parent who thinks that her everyday life is turned upside down and horrible because that's the other posts I see all over the internet is, oh, autism is so hard and parenting is so hard and I can't do this and oh, my child today, I'm going to pull my hair out of my head. And I'm like, if, if I'm feeling some sort of way reading that, I can only imagine how your child feels being around you. Right, right. So, so people that never think about this, they bring energy into the room and that energy is transferred directly into the child that they love. And then those children reflect that same energy back to them. Mm-hmm. That has been proven over and over and over again. But that's difficult coming from a professional than coming from you to say, I feel you. I feel you. I've been there. But people can change their energy. They can change their vibe. They can change their vibe on purpose. And I'm going to quote you. This is a quote, people, from Uh-oh. April Roga. Watch out. I feel, f- I feel famous now. She is. <laughs> this is a quote. I'm going to have to use it. I'll put it on. I'm going to put it on stationery or something. Watch out. The issue is not the child as much as it is our mindset about our child. That is profound, April. It really is. The issue is not our child as much as it is the mindset about our child. And if someone could memorize that one-liner from you and every single time they begin to deal with their kid, I believe it would change their, I believe it would change their world. I mean, I'm quoting you. So tell me about that. Tell, no. me, about, tell me about that. <laughs> Sounded like I knew what I was talking about. I think um, you um, You know, if you look at your child, so that this goes, I'm always triggered by one-liners because I live by them. I've learned them from my husband. It's, they're easy to remember in most cases. My husband has a one-liner that says, the way you see a person is the way you treat that person. And especially so if that person is you. Mm. When you take that last part, because you can relate to the you part, I'm like, wow, you know, I do a lot of negative self-talk and I'm treating myself that way because I see myself that way. Fat, old, ugly, whatever it is, whatever negative thing you want to feed yourself. And the same thing can apply to your child. The way you see your child If you see your child as being a handful or a problem, you're going to treat them that way. Yes. And they're, they're going to feel every bit of that. And they're just going to keep doing what they're doing because that's how you see them. That's how they, they figured they're supposed to act because you're treating them that way. So that makes sense. And they'll not only are they reflecting it at that point, they're acting the way they think they're supposed to act. Yep. That's really interesting. And that doesn't happen. Autistic kids may be very uh, affected by the energy around them, Mm -hmm. but all kids are affected by their parents. So very, very much more in a subconscious level more than they ever know. So, you know, I, I just had this thought. I'm curious to get your take on this. Do you ever, I'm sure you go to the supermarket, most people do. When you go, I don't know, Target, the supermarket, wherever people are, restaurants, do you, when you see a mom and a dad or both with their kids just strolling down aisle 11, <laughs> how often do you see the parents um, affectionate with their kids or playful with them versus how many times do you see the kids being like, stop that, don't grab that, don't touch that? Mm -hmm. What's the percentage on that? More often, I would say probably on the 75%, the parents are trying to keep their hands off stuff and get through the store. (laughs) Yeah. And so um, I feel like the oddball because I'm every aisle, my son is hugging on me and I'm hugging on him. And sometimes I'm like, all right, (laughs) okay, enough love in aisle 11. (laughs) But I just like, I'm always loving on my son. And I start, I just started to have this awareness that I just don't see a lot of that in the world when I'm out and about, because so many people are just like, got to get from here to there, got to get this done, got to get that done. And are they really paying attention to the needs of their children or are they just treating them like they're an annoyance and therefore the kid is going to keep 
doing things and acting out to get their attention. That, and that would be an amazing mindset shift. If more parents, and it just began to grow, that more parents could treat their kids in a way that is more authentically how they, they want to view their kids. And it starts with their own self-talk about their kids, mm-hmm. you know? And I can say that I catch myself often, if I have a, a trait that I'm working on with my child, you know, if I'm working on the area of, I don't, we'll say, let's say dishonesty, you know, and you say, wow, this is something that has become an issue in this child's life and I'm working on it. It's just a small little difference for me to say they're liars in my head rather than mm-hmm. saying they're a person that's working on being honest, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I think that's kind of what you're saying is that it, it, you're looking at that shopping experience as a bonding time. How are you going to look at that shopping? Is it just get in and out? How are you going to approach it? It's a very interesting thing to question your own mindset. Um, let's talk more about that. When you, do, when you think about, when you see someone and they're on a negative mindset, do you sometimes think, why aren't they thinking something else? And you kind of like think about what they should be. All the time. You do that all the time. It seems like you're that kind of person where you're like, oh, if they could only just rearrange that in their mind. <laughs> There's so many people. I just want to, I just want to go up to them and just, just tell them exactly what I'm thinking in that moment, but I don't want to get yelled at or chances are they'll probably run the other way or tell me off. And my husband would probably say, well, do you know that for sure? Or is that just your opinion? And I'm like, ah, you're right. But, but it's um, something that you have within you. So that's why, uh, That's why I'm going to say, okay, to the parent that's listening to this episode and they've been struggling with negative self-talk, you know, to that parent that when they're being honest right now and they're listening, they're going, oh man, that's me. I've been (laughs) labeling my kid in my own head. I'm sorry to point that out to you. And now, no, and now they're coming to a place where they want to change. That's the great thing about us you know, reaching out and doing the things that we're doing right now is because somebody out there is saying, oh man, I need to change my mindset. How, what are the beginning steps for that? You would, you would give them advice on how to do that. Even though I know you don't like giving advice, advice. What would you say? I don't. Oh, she's putting me on the spot. Like hear my chair creak. Um, just to beginning to start that because that even seems like such a foreign concept to me. How would they start to change their mindset? I, I believe, cause for me, I still have a whole lot of ego and pride in me. I, I hold on to things and I resist things because, well, that's how I've done it and thought it my whole life. And my mom taught me that and, or my grandmother or my mentors. And I looked up to these people and, you know, they were, I thought they were wise and intelligent and that's where I got my thinking from. You have to start to unlearn a lot of the things that you believed to be true you have to unlearn it and kind of start over and you have to find mentors, coaches, cheerleaders. You have to align yourself with the right people in your life who are going to help you cheer you on and hold you accountable. When you have that accountability partner, you know, you're not going to go, well, you know, I don't, yeah, I know I I said I was going to do that, but oh, well, I'll do that tomorrow. When you're by yourself, it's easy to do that. Mm -hmm. But if you have somebody checking in with you every day, so how are you coming along with that thing we talked about? You're like, oh, crap. <laughs> I need an answer. I need something. Yes. And then that can get into their head and they can be like, wow, I need to switch this up. Yeah. Isn't that why we diet? Like, uh, not diet, but isn't that why when we go on a diet, we tend to go to like Weight Watchers or a program because to do it on our own, I mean, you can find that stuff on the internet nowadays of what formula to follow, but We go to places like Weight Watchers and Jenny Craig because there's people who are going to weigh us, check in with us once a week, and we're going to go, what's that person thinking of me? And yes, I failed. It's the community. It's, It's the community that changes everything. When people feel that they have a connection with another human that cares, 
they can mm -hmm. have the power to say, you know what, I'm going to make the small changes. I'm going to make the little changes that are going to make a big difference in my child's life. Um, sometimes it's just habits that they learned from watching mm. from the way they were raised. You know, sometimes it's mm. nothing of fault of theirs. It's just simply that's what they thought was the right way to approach parenting. You know, sleepwalking, sleepwalking yeah. on autopilot. On that's autopilot, exactly. Yes. And I think that parents that choose to listen to a podcast or reach out to netfriending, hopefully netfriending.com, they're wanting something different, but change is hard. And it's going to take, it's going to take some steps that are uncomfortable, you know, and uh, listening to a podcast is one thing, but having someone next to you to say, you know what, I'm willing to answer you in a different type of way like you are and bring other people together to do that. Um, I believe that can be very powerful. I really do. And I think that I hope that a lot of people begin more and more people begin to come your way. And I know that you're not only reaching out to parents that um, have autism, student, uh, kids that have autism or parents that have special needs kids, mm -hmm. but you also um, have a platform with your husband for anybody that is reaching out just to be a better version of themselves. Am I right? Yes. Yes, we say if you want to meet us at the intersection of Live Streaming Avenue and Personal, my Brooklyn just came out there, Live Streaming Avenue and Personal Growth Boulevard, then you'll probably want to connect with us um, because the, the other thing is live streaming. That's a huge, huge factor in what we're doing because a lot of people like to do the personal growth thing behind closed doors. They want mm -hmm. to keep it like, Oh, I don't want anybody to know this about me. I don't want it, anybody to see my struggle, but you don't realize when you come out publicly and share your vulnerabilities, you get to bless other people, having them witness your journey and your breakthroughs to, mm -hmm. to have them see your before and after picture and vice versa as they're witnessing your life, they're going to give you some nuggets or some feedback that's going to bless you. And yes. so you get to but meet new me. people that way. It's so much fun. So you go live. So just walk me through what you do when you go live. Like give, give us that picture of what that, what do you do? Oh, we do what we call meet and greets. This is, Probably nothing that you have seen us do technically yet. Although we did that with you. We did a meet and greet. And, well, so, and also I've actually, I have actually had the pleasure of watching you live with, um, on several occasions with, um, and, and it's interesting because it's some of the people that I've chatted with in, in our other networking ventures. And, um, and then I'm able to see them live and I'm able yeah. to see you guys talk with them. And it's a completely different story when you hear um what's what's our friend that is um very passionate about disneyland and she's also autistic yes caitlin uh -huh. yeah and her story is amazing and you guys were able to plat uh, give her a platform to speak on your show um yes. but you just go live completely unfiltered how, does, does that scare you i mean how do you Un feel about that <laughs> unscripted unfiltered um this, this doing this with you right now is way more scary to me than just hitting a go live button. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that's that so crazy. Yes, it does. I have to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I said to my husband before we, we started this, I'm like, okay, I gotta go get my head straight. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But you're, but you're getting semi comfortable with being uh, live and you don't know who could be watching you, but that's just part of your vulnerability to say, let's do this without filters. Let's just do it. Right. Yeah, I just, I'm just me. I think there's, there's so many people who do live streaming that feel like they have to show up polished and perfect and everything's got to be, I'm all about bloopers. Like if your child or your dog walks in and you have to break from what you're doing, keep it in. I don't edit it out because right. why? <laughs> And that's what you find going live is that it just, it's life as life is and what they're willing to put out there just, and then, and then what do you have it as playback or I mean, explain is a lot of people listening might not be familiar at all with 
how live even works. Really? <laughs> I think so. It's, it's, it's something that's becoming more and more, uh, yeah. you know, it's, but I, I think a lot of people don't quite understand it. Well, I guess now with COVID and quarantine, you know, that's getting more for, yeah. For our future selves who will hear this again, like 10 years from now, we are currently in the times of COVID-19. Yes. So, um, yeah, now that people are home mm -hmm. way more, uh, live streaming has become very popular. Zoom, Facebook, there's a lot of third party tools out there like StreamYard. We use a platform called StreamYard that allows you to multi-stream. So we go okay. live to Facebook and YouTube at the same time. And we don't really have a, a presence on YouTube. It's more, that's more of like where we get discovered through searches and algorithms. But Facebook is more community driven. It's geared more towards engagement. So we really like Facebook. Okay. And once the live stream is over, um, people can go back and watch it on replay. And the great thing about doing that is that because our shows tend to go a little long, an hour to two hours, sometimes three or four, because um, the technology world will tell you, keep it short. You know, people's attention spans are not, oh, don't, we don't listen to those people because if we're having a conversation and we enjoy it, we can find ways to repurpose what we're doing. We take sound bites out of it. We can put it in a blog post. We can, there's all kinds of things you can do to reuse it. It's evergreen um, yeah. because it, it's relationship driven what we're mm -hmm. doing and it's mindset. It's never going to change. So should people look for you on Facebook as well then? Um, all of our links will eventually, because we're uh, so here, there, we're here, there, and everywhere, and I don't want to yes, confuse anybody. Netfriending.com so. is where Net people need to go, and then they're yes. going to find all of the cool things that you guys are doing. Yes. And one thing that I'm doing this summer is I decided, because you talked about, you know, hey, we're right in the middle of COVID-19, mm. things with that. And I do feel as though podcasts are in a way, it's a record of our history and they stay out there and people listen to them a long time. I want to talk to parents to be able to get out in our podcast history book, what it was like, what's it like to live through the spring of 2020? Because we're talking about mindset and because we're talking about changing our mindset, I am going to ask you a different type of question. What has gone well? What has been positives that have happened during this challenging, crazy time in our life that you've seen? First of all, let's, let's talk about that as a parent. Can you think of anything that's, that's, that, that's gone well because you've been forced to stay home and this type of thing? I have gotten to notice things about my son because he's been here with me practically every day because I've been working from home for three months now. Um, Normally I'm in a corporate office and my son is at summer camp or at school or aftercare. Um, and so sometimes his dad comes and gets him during the week, a couple of times a week. But this is the most time I've invested with him since he was an infant. Wow. And there's things that I'm just like, what is that? What is that noise you're making? Or I've never seen you do that before. Or today he was giggling all day and I got to be a part of that. Even though I was sitting here at my desk working, I would pause. I wouldn't say Morgan stop. Like some parents might do like I'm working. Shh. I would intentionally turn around, acknowledge him and go, what are you so happy about? And engage with him and just acknowledge when he points to his iPad because he wants to get my attention. And, and what I, difference has that made for you to be able to be a part of that? Um, I just, I'm so into body language. And so I just feel like I'm more tuned in to his body language and things that he may have been doing at school that I missed. I'm now getting to see when I'm at home. And yeah. so that helps me relate with him better. And it helps me to understand his communication when he wants certain things because he doesn't talk. Do you think that it's made, have you sensed that it's made a difference for him as well? Yes. He loves his mama. He's a little Velcro boy. <laughs> <laughs> that is just the sweetest. I can just picture that the bond that you guys are creating, you know, yeah. in your own little way that just simply wasn't possible before. Yeah. So, um, I like that picture. I'm getting a very happy, a happy picture in my mind, making me smile. That's a good thing. Yeah. 
Um, what about in you? Can you think of things that opportunities that have come your way or, or things that you've seen and done um, for yourself, for your, for your visions and things that have been positives because of this negative time that we've had to walk through. And I've worked at my company for 25 years going on 26. My goodness. Been there my whole adult life, even relocated from Fort Lauderdale to Knoxville in 2006 for my company. And now I feel like it's very uncertain times, even for a large company like the one I work for. And so now more than ever, this time has allowed me to realize that it may be time to pivot to something else and I need to be prepared for that. And so I do have, because I'm working from home now and I don't know when I'm going to go back, this extra time I have in the morning, you know, before I would be out of the house. Now I have extra time in the morning and time saved in travel in the afternoon that I can do a little bit extra to prepare for the net friending movement and the people search engine that we want to build, but we need the people. Right. Right. That's <laughs> why we're networking right now. Net friending. <laughs> yes. And that, so those little pockets of time, you've been able to capture that time. Mm -hmm. uh, I can definitely identify with that. Um, also, uh, we've met because of, because basically yeah. because we were both home because I'm usually working during the time of the live stream that you and I both began to uh, watch at the same time. I personally had made a goal that I wasn't going to sleep in. And then I came across, um, Pat Flynn started going live at eight o'clock every single morning. It's like, well, this is it. I'm going to be able to wake up every morning and tell myself I need to listen to this live broadcast of Pat Flynn. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that was on YouTube, the income stream. And you and I began chatting eventually there and then later in a, another uh, room. But um, I would have never been there if it wasn't for this. So <clears throat> I can say there's many... Uh, friendship blessings and friendship yeah. connections that have been made because of this. And hopefully that's a sign that we as humans can take a really tough situation and we can choose to, to work on the only person that we really can work on ourselves mm -hmm. and make light in the world, create light in our world and create friendships and create bonds. Did, was there a similar story that you had for listening to his live streamer. Well, my husband had put Pat Flynn on my radar years ago, but there was just, there wasn't any COVID then, I guess. I don't know the reason it just, I don't, I mean, it was the whole reason was because of the super fans concept, you know, because right. that very much overlaps with what we're doing. But, but then when he started going live every morning, I was like, Oh, well, all right, I'm home. You know, let me, let me see what this Pat Flynn person's all about. <laughs> so, um, I just, I was drawn to him, not so much for his content. I mean, I get stuff out of his content, but just, I just like how he shows up authentic and caring and a go giver and, and consistent and just truly wants to help his audience. Yeah, I would, I would absolutely agree. And I know we didn't, this is not in our notes to talk about that, but I, I think that um, being authentic in our world is kind of like what we started this conversation with. It's very hard for people to be authentic. And that uh, is probably ultimately very much the same reason why I continue to watch that live stream, because here's a person that didn't say, you know what, um, COVID just hit. Wow. We're just got to hunker down. He said, I'm going to go live every single day. And that just that, you know, all of us were in a cross, a, a, a place where we had a choice to make yeah. in that time. You know, we could choose how we are going to react in that moment in time. When we got the phone call, you're not going back to work. Your child is not coming back to school. You know, you are going to be home. And then, and there was, there's a group of people that uh, began to slowly rise up, not only with that live stream, but I'm sure all over the place. So 
this won't be aired. I probably won't put this particular podcast, although we're recording it in June. I'm assuming that most of you are hearing this in July. Um, I encourage people to say, what can I do with this season that's going to make a difference in my life? What's going to happen from that? Who knows? Um, hopefully there'll be people that come your way and my way in this and, and our, our, um, our world will expand with friendships and, and being authentic and all these things that make people human and real, you know, through this time. Um, what words would you say to parents that this resonates with? What would you like to say to them if they're saying, oh, I need that in my life. I need that realness in my life. I am prepared for you if you are prepared to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And I would also uh, say that, because I have to throw in this quote, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So um, just think of it like when you go to the eye doctor and they flip that lens, <laughs> this or that. <laughs> I think of that every time I think of changing my mindset because you can look at it blurry or you could look at it crystal clear, but the choice is up to you. You have the power over all things you. So don't ever give up that control to anybody else. That is powerful. And that's a perfect way to say goodbye. I'm going to, I'm sure that we could talk for another three hours. I'm sure. We'll, we'll have to do it off air. It's time for me to sign off. All righty. But if people want to come find you and get more of this on authenticity that I know they can sense, I want them to go over to netfriending.com. I mean, I just encourage people 100% to find you at netfriending.com. Also, um, you can reach out to me directly on Facebook. I think I'm probably the only April Roga in the entire world. So, April Roga um, 2.0. <laughs> Yeah, April 2.0. That's why I didn't even mention that part because that's the transformed version of me. So yes. mindset I shift. <laughs> I leveled up. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. And um, and I'm going to put in the show notes, notes definitely where they can find you. And I just want to really thank you. Thank you so much for doing this with us. Thank you, you. What a great discussion with April. And I'd love to continue that discussion with you. Have you made a big mindset shift in your life? I'd love to hear about it. Have you set some big goals for the summer? Let me help you stay accountable. You can get a hold of me in several different ways. One, you could email me at share at thefocusedmindset.com. That's share, C-H-E-R, at thefocusedmindset.com. Or look at the bottom of these show notes, and I'm going to leave you a real simple link. You can link to me. You can join my network of people, and we're going to communicate all summer long about this subject because we're going to welcome so many wonderful parents and influencers this summer as my guest so we can talk about the important topics that are influencing our life today. So tune in every Thursday, and it's time for me to sign off for now. And so until next time, take care.